0: AMSA partner Becker Professional Education provides exclusive pricing to AMSA members for USMLE review preparation. Save up to 25% off their live online and live review programs along with their guided learning resources and extensive question bank. Visit becker.com AMSA for more details. Your prerequisites, GPA, MCAT prep, and essay answers have gotten you this far. Now it's time to ace the med school interview. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib Podcast, where we'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Setting your nerves aside and facing a med school interviewer, does it really all come down to this moment? How do you get ready? What should you do once you are there on campus? What should you not do? AdLib's Pete Thompson spoke with two experienced interviewers and experts about common mistakes they've seen made, how to avoid them, and what medical schools want to find out about applicants during the interview day itself. Hi, I'm Jen Kimball. I'm the Director of Admissions at
1: Vanderbilt University School of Medicine in Nashville, Tennessee. I was a pre-health advisor for 13 years before I became the Director of Admissions at Vanderbilt, and I love answering questions from prospective students about the application process and medical school itself.
2: What common mistakes do you find that applicants make uh, during the interview?
1: So I will say that before a candidate makes it to the interview day, their application has been reviewed by several different faculty members. Um, We've reviewed the AMCAS, We've reviewed the personal statements. We've reviewed secondaries. We've read letters of recommendation. So I feel like we have a pretty good sense on who this individual is. So on interview day, this is the candidate's opportunity to kind of show us their personality and what makes them you, right? Um, but unfortunately, sometimes our interviewees don't recognize that during the interview day, they're being quote unquote interviewed all day long, even if it's not the formal one on one interview setting. So for Vanderbilt, we'll have about 15 or so interviewees come in to meet us on Mondays and Fridays. And the student would, I'm sorry, the applicant would select what interview date he or she wants to come in. So it's nothing like it's predestined, like, We only want to meet this person on November 1st. It's whenever the calendar fits. And so sometimes our interviewees will come, and instead of wanting to meet and interact with their future classmates, they want to interact with their cell phones. And so during the day when it's kind of downtime, they're texting their friends at other schools. Um, They're checking sports scores. They're just looking at Instagram or, you know, things of that nature, and it's like, no, we want you to be in the now. We want you to be um, with your future classmates. We want you to be engaged, listening to what we have to tell you about our school. Um, Another challenge that we have sometimes on interview day is that applicants don't have a list of questions, and so we'll give them ample opportunity to ask questions, Um, and we'll say, okay, does anybody have any questions? silence crickets and we want this to be a conversation Um, when I uh, meet prospective applicants to medical schools I always tell them that the interview is a two-way street we're interviewing you but you're also interviewing us we could put nice things on our website and make it all look pretty but we want you to come to our school and really get a real feel for what it's like to be a student here um, so we expect you to be engaged. We are going to expect you to answer, ask questions. We're going to expect you to laugh at our corny jokes, because if you don't, we don't think you want to be there. And we want to make sure that the medical school you attend is the right fit for you.
2: When interviewees are asking you questions about the school, how important is the substance of what they're asking in your evaluation?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, We like for our candidates to have done a little bit of investigative work ahead of time. So we like that students reference maybe a website or something they saw um, in a brochure they might have read or um, something, you know, a comment, somebody who said that might be an alum of Vanderbilt that they might have met. So definitely put it in context, you know. um, Hi, I saw on your website that um, you have this program where students can, rotate through the clinics with social work students and pharmacy students and um, nursing students. What what exactly is that? How does that work? And we're able to kind of give a little bit more information. Um, We don't want to put novels of information on our website, so we are totally fine with students kind of referencing where they got the information from to ask us follow-up questions. Um, I never want a candidate to feel like, oh, I've got to come up with a really novel question so I can stand out in a positive way you're already standing out in a positive way for us because um, medical schools have thousands of applicants um, that apply to their school each year, and you're one of the couple hundred that's making it to the interview day. So your application materials already stand out. Um, And so I don't want a candidate to feel like there's this pressure to ask the most amazing question that's ever been asked of a medical school before. Um, I answer and go into depth about the same topics every interview day and I'm fine with it um, I enjoy it I love interview day it's a lot of energy um, we get that students are nervous at first and so we do a lot to really um, calm them down before the interview day really gets started um, but we we understand that they are not professional interviewer interviewees traveling all around the world showing off their their skills we know that they're a little nervous um, and so we really try to make them feel as comfortable as possible on interview
2: day About how long are your interviews, typically?
1: So when uh, we interview people at Vanderbilt, um, it's an all-day interview process. Interviewees show up around 7.45 or so, and they leave about 3.30. Um, uh, During the day, there will be two specific interviews. One will be an open file interview that will last about 40 to 50 minutes, um, and that will ask questions from their AMCAS and their uh, secondary the second interview is a closed file interview, and that lasts about 20 minutes or so. And that's questions more about their decision making.
2: I guess the nature of the interview, open file versus closed file, is different. Is it a different set of interviewers?
1: It is. It's, it's different interviewers. We want our um, interviewees to have as many different interactions as possible. So um, they will have two different interviewers, and we don't have... Um, Any different training for the interviewers. They're both kind of trying to really make the interviewee feel comfortable and also learn a little bit more about the interviewee with things that couldn't be gleaned from the application materials. Um, Pretty much all medical schools on interview day want to know two basic questions about the interviewee. Number one is, is Is this an individual that our patients are going to feel comfortable disclosing personal information to? And second, is this an individual that's going to gel well with our campus community? Is this somebody that our current students are going to want to interact with this individual?
2: Is there anything you recommend that students or interviewees do to prepare for the interview itself? Anything that either might ease their nerves or just help them prepare in some way?
1: Sure. So uh, I would definitely recommend for students to do mock interviews. And if there is a way for them to videotape themselves while they're interviewing, I think that would be very helpful. So maybe they could record it onto their hard drive on their computer or maybe it's, you know, somebody recording them from their cell phone. Just so the candidate can be aware of their nonverbal cues that they're giving their interviewers. Um, do they look interested? Are they slouched back in the chair? Are they uh, twirling in their chair? Are they um, answering questions with their yes-no answers? Are they avoiding eye contact? Um, do they not look very pleasant? Um, sometimes interviewers, um, fall in love with a candidate and want to spend the entire interview wooing them to our school and so unfortunately the interviewee doesn't get to talk a lot about themselves but they're hearing a lot of amazing things about our school and so we want to make sure that the interviewee has like a positive body and facial expression during that time so a lot of colleges a lot of pre-med advisors do mock interviews for applicants so i would definitely encourage candidates to take advantage of that
0: service With preparation in mind, Pete also spoke with Dr. Charles Tullius, who knows all about mock interviews.
3: I'm uh, Charles Tullius, MD. Uh, I have a company called uh, Pre-Med Assistance. I um, am a former admissions committee member, and I've been doing medical school interviews for over 30 years now, and I'm also a practicing physician. I'm an anesthesiologist, and I practice uh, medicine in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I've been helping students with all facets of their application now for many years, Um, their personal statements, secondaries, and um, the thing they find the most valuable, of course, is um, a mock interview that I do with them either live or via Skype. Um, I record it, and then I also record the critique of that interview. Uh, go over um, their answers, how they phrase their answers, um, how they could do it differently, hopefully better, and give them some pointers about the whole interview day. And um, let them ask uh, their questions when I'm done. And what my students have historically said is out of everything I do for them, um, the mock interview was the most helpful.
2: In all of your experience, uh, in those interviews, what kind of mistakes do you find students commonly making?
3: Um, well, with my, uh, company, um, pre-med assistance, my motto has always been prepare, but don't rehearse. Um, now students that do, you know, come on board with me, me, we go over a few of the things that you have to rehearse, there, there aren't many of them. Uh, so really, the most common mistake is a lack of preparation. Um, and I think that leads to all of the other mistakes that happen subsequent to that. Um, a medical school interview is not something you can go into and fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, You wouldn't do that for your organic chemistry final. You wouldn't do that for the MCATs. Um, You wouldn't sit down at the computer the night before you want to send in your personal statement, write one draft and send that in. A medical school interview is no different. Um, I've noticed over the years, and uh, it's pretty obvious, the applicant pool has increased so greatly And the number of students that a medical school can interview, has the capacity to do, is really pretty stagnant. They just don't uh, have the space, the time to interview very many more students than they did years ago. So even my very good students, um, who in the past would have been interviewed almost everywhere they applied, are getting... Two or three interviews. So there's a lot of pressure um, on those two or three interviews. And um, considering that a lot of college-age students and those even a little bit older really haven't interviewed for anything of consequence. um, And now they're interviewing for the rate-limiting step in the whole process there is a substantial amount of uh, pressure on them. And um, keeping that in mind, uh, anything where there's going to be a lot of pressure, um, a professional golfer even, uh, if they're not prepared, they're going to be more nervous and nervousness leads to mistakes. And so I think um, a lack of preparation is by far the most common mistake that applicants make.
2: In the medical school interview process, are the students being evaluated outside the scope of the actual interview itself, and and how so?
3: What I tell my students is that the second they hit the campus, they could potentially be evaluated by anybody there. Uh, In some respects, it's like being in a fishbowl. Um, Most of these interview days start with a group Um, in a room, conference room. uh, They might have lunch. Um, The admissions director or some other administrator talks to to them. Some current students talk to them, maybe a professor or two. Then there's a tour and then the formal interviews start. Uh, and, And those are usually conducted by clinicians, some of whom are busier than others. So I always tell them that, consider that everyone who meets you might contribute something. So that means while you're on the tour, you shouldn't be on your phone. Uh, in fact, your phone shouldn't be anywhere near you that day. Um, it should be in your hotel room, in your car, anywhere, but on you. And if it has to be on you, it should be completely turned off. Um, because there could always be, um, a contribution from someone who you aren't expecting that could make the difference. Uh, I tell my students more than one secretary in the office of the uh, interviewer has sunk a student because surely if you're talking to that secretary, even small talk, uh, while you're waiting for the interview to start, it's only human nature when the interview's over um, that interviewer is going to come out and say, well, what'd you think of him or her? Um, you would do that in any other instance. So I would say during that whole day, um, really anything you have to say, anything you do is fair game. Obviously though, you know, 99% of it is going to be um, the substance of what you say and how you, how you deliver it. Um, the way I look at um, medical school interviews they really are doing two things. And this is how I always conducted them. I want to see if the application that I'm looking at on paper matches the person that's sitting in front of me. That's number one. But number two, I want to see if this person can be part of the team. Do I want that person on my team? Uh, And after all, In some respects, um, there are about 600,000 physicians in the country, and it's somewhat like a fraternity, um, you might say, Uh, and you want that person to be a big part of that team and someone that you can go to on the team. Uh, Every medical school class, uh, the analogy I use, is somewhat like a baseball team. The nine best players might be all second baseman, but you don't have a team. If you have all second basemen. you need a catcher and a shortstop and a left fielder and a bullpen. So the interviewers are looking for someone diverse in thought and experience. Um, and so that's what I'm really looking for um, in an in interviewer. Of course, the substance of what they say, but how they communicate, um, I'm a practicing anesthesiologist every single day, all day. I'm talking to other physicians, nurses, technicians, and I'm looking at someone that I'm interviewing as, uh, is this going to be a colleague of mine someday who I can pick up the phone and call them to talk about a patient or talk to them about a problem in the operating room? And they're going to be able to do that. Um, That's really what I'm looking for um, when I'm interviewing somebody. I think that's really one of the most important things. They already know, unless it's a closed interview, they already know a lot about you if they've read your application. Um, They want to see how you conduct yourself and how well you communicate. They're not going to ask you to repeat things necessarily that are already in the application that they know. So they want to try to um, branch out a little bit and see how you think and how well you communicate.
2: Is there a difference in strategy uh, from the interviewee perspective in terms of an open file versus closed file interview?
3: Well, I would say um, with the closed file interview, um, almost everyone's sort of on equal footing. Um The interviewers are human, uh, too, so if they have any kind of bias, even if it's just in the back of their mind, let's say, for example, towards students whose parents are physicians, in the back of their mind, are they saying, well, this this student only wants to do this because their parents are physicians, and they're going to go into their practice. That might be a bias that they have. It might not be outward, but it might be there. Um, If they don't know that about you, of course, it might come up during the interview, um, you're starting out on a level playing field. They might have a bias against a certain school or a certain group of schools. Um, I'm not talking about a a very uh, deep bias, but they already know about it, and it's in the back of their mind. So uh, in a closed interview, you might be more likely – to guide, be able to guide the interview the way you want it to go, the questions might be more like, what do you think is um, the strongest part of your application? Or what do you bring to the table that nobody else does? So it's your chance to um, get to topics that you might not otherwise if you're just being peppered with questions. Um, and I have found over the years that the best interviews that I've had are not interviews where I'm bombarding the student with question after question. They're interviews that flow from the first question or two. And I think closed interviews are are more uh, likely to have that happen. Um, Now, obviously, um, I've done some closed interviews. And then afterwards looked at the application and wished I had a chance to ask the interviewee something that was in the application, but usually not, because that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for how that person communicates and how they are able to get their points across in a short amount of time, because you don't have all day. Um, you're your own advocate. And again, that gets back to the preparation aspect of the whole thing, which is, Pick out two or three things that you really want the interviewer to know before you go in there. And you have to try to get to those as best you can um, because you're your own advocate. And really, the person that's interviewing you is your advocate at the committee meeting. They're the only one that's met you. A lot of times, the other uh, people on the committee um, don't know very much about you at all, except your name, your grades, where you went to school, your MCATs. um, They haven't read your letters of recommendation and they haven't talked to you. So that person is going to be your advocate. You want them to know a lot about you and um, speak highly of you uh, at the meeting where they go over your application.
2: Are there any opportunities for a student to tackle a problem with their application or anything in the course of the interview itself? Is there anything that that really they should take advantage of there?
3: Um, I would say um, yes, with the qualification that it is very unlikely in this day and age that something glaring in the application um, is going to come up because otherwise you wouldn't be there. Um, If there's a bad semester of grades, you're probably not going to get to the interview. Um, if, um, your MCATs aren't, um, up to snuff and, um, you want to talk about that, you probably aren't going to be at the interview. So, um, there usually aren't very many concerns. I I would phrase it more as, um, instead of a concern, the points that you want to get across that you think make you different, um, than everybody else who's there that day or all the other days. A lot of times during an interview, uh, and it's usually towards the end, of course, they're gonna say, is there anything else you want the committee to know? That's your opportunity. And of course, that's always at the end. So um, you really have a limited amount of time. And that's why if you're prepared, you're gonna be able to answer that question Uh, succinctly, clearly, and it's going to be one of the last things that the interviewer remembers about you. So they usually give you a chance uh, to do that. Um, If there is something in your application that stands out for perhaps the wrong reason, a good interviewer is probably going to get to it. If it's an open interview, if it's a closed interview interview, of course, there's going to be way more time to talk about uh, what you want to talk about. So yes, in the short answer is yes, that there almost always is an opportunity um, to talk about any kind of concern that you have with your application. Do you
2: have any advice for dealing with sort of nerves or nervousness, uh, helping a student calm down kind of either in the moment or just in, in getting ready for the interview?
3: Well, in the moment... Um, I know what I do um, with my students is they have access to me. Um, I keep track of where they're interviewing, on what days. I usually send them a text or call them the night before, um, sometimes in the morning, and I let them send me a text. Um, If you have somebody that you can go to um, like that, it's probably best um, again, back to preparing, it, if, if you feel pretty confident about yourself and your application, you'll probably be less nervous. Otherwise, um, you know, I don't recommend, you know, taking anything and oversleeping. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, some actors take a beta blocker the night before their first show. I don't recommend anything like that. I think um, you're already out of your element because you're not At your school you're not around your family and friends but remember everybody else is nervous too and the interviewers expect that you are somewhat nervous they also want to see that you're able to overcome that because they're in medical school and as a physician there's going to be plenty of opportunities to be nervous and they want to see how you deal with it Uh, you certainly can't fall apart um, and be overcome with nervousness um, and it's very hard because um, this is a whole different animal it's something that um, you've never done before and um, I would say if, you, if you're a runner if you go to the gym if you can get all of that stuff in that's as close to your normal routine um, that you usually do try to do that um, if you can't Um, you're just going to have to, um, think about the positive things in your application and go from there. Otherwise, um, there's not a whole lot else you can do about getting rid of the game day jitters. Just know that everybody else has them too.
0: Dr. Tullius also had some closing tips for students getting ready to head off for their interview.
3: What people commonly ask me is, um how can I direct the interview towards topics um, that I want to cover? We talked about it a little bit. Um, that's not always easy to do. I've had students report back that their interviewer did most of the talking. It's very awkward um, when all you find yourself doing is nodding your head and then you leave the room and think I traveled all across the country for that. Um, but um I think that's the first one. I think being familiar um, with that particular school, I'm not saying memorize their website so that you can regurgitate their mission statement, but again, try to see how you fit in um, with that particular school. The interviewers and the committees all know that if they ask you the question, why did you apply here? That the real answer is, well, I applied to 15 or 20 schools and you take a lot of -of out-of-staters And that's why I'm here. So you've got to come up with something that shows that you had interest in the school beyond you take a lot of -of out-of-staters, more like this certain program fits what I like, and they can see that in your application. You're not going to say, this is a great research school if you haven't done any. Um, So um, that's probably one thing that I would say. Um, If you think you're going to go into a medical school interview and not be able to talk about the future of medicine, um, that's as a practicing physician, that's where I feel like I help my students the most. I know where it's been. I know where we are now. I kind of know where it's going. So that's why talking to physicians um, is a lot of help. And you have to be ready to answer those kind of questions. You have to be able to talk about your strengths and weaknesses Um, uh, really, and and weaknesses have to be something that uh, is not um, a weakness that would keep you from succeeding in medical school. I mean, realize that once you've got to that interview stage, they already know you can do the work uh, and that you're going to pass all the classes and do well, Um, and that you're really just showing them that you want to be there, your heart's in the right place, uh, you're motivated, you're a hard worker, and really those are your goals um, for the interview. And um, some people ask me, you know, should I ask questions at the end of the interview? I, I get that a lot. And I would say a lot depends on the body language of the interviewer. If they're hustling you to the door, then just coming up with a contrived question is probably not a good thing. Um, if they lean back in their chair with their hands folded behind their head, um, they're expecting some questions and you better have some. And I go over those with my students, ones that are considered safe. Um, and it certainly can't be a question that that interviewer knows was answered during the interview day at some point. Um, it has to be something that's thought provoking, um, for you and something that means something to you specifically about a certain program at the school or whatever. Um, And I think one of the other pitfalls is to try, is trying to say what you think the interviewer wants you to hear. That's a big mistake. Um, All of these interviewers are way more seasoned at this than you are. Um, I don't, we talked about, you know, are there any traps being set out there for you? I would say no to that. I think the days are gone of um, interviewers trying to put you on the defensive on purpose to make you sweat. Um, they're going to ask you questions that aren't easy. Um, some of the secondary questions that I see um, over the past few years are very difficult. Um, so are they going to really want to tighten the thumb screws on you? Probably not. I, I know that I don't get very much out of the person. I don't find out what they're really like if I'm really hard on them. Um, I find out more about them um, if it can be more like a rapport. You want, it, you want the medical school interview to be more like a chat. You don't want it to be like an inquisition. So um, that's probably what I hear the most um, from my students who come back because I do get feedback from them. On how it went, I always talk to them the night after after they're done talking to their parents and their friends. I usually get a call, and um, that's what I hear most of the time. So I would say try not to guide the interview, but also you have to get put your best foot forward too. So,
0: AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Joey Johnson is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. This episode of AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the generous support of Becker Professional Education.